I'd rather have angry Justin Bieber fans than angry hockey fans. Oh, speaking of just happy to be here, how about those Canadian teams in the playoffs, huh? When Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, that was like peak hate of the Warriors for me. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Expansion Buddies podcast. It's been a minute. We've taken some time off, but uh, half of us are back. Uh, I'm your co-host, Jared. I'm back, at least. Justin's living it up in the Lone Star State right now, so he's not here, but uh, I couldn't think of anyone better to join me to uh, kick us back off other than longtime friend of the show and tonight's co-host, Kyle Mitchell. How's it going, Kyle? I'm doing great. Happy to be back. Um, happy to hear you guys back on the back on making new episodes again, even if just half the expansion buddies are here. It's always <laughs> a joy to listen to it. So I'm happy back, you guys are back. Back on the airwaves, kind of. Uh, yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed our four part series about the Saxonville Jaguars that Justin and I recorded earlier this summer. Kyle, did you listen to all four of those? I did. Yes. I enjoyed it. It's kind of a, you know, something different, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. And, you know, being a Patriots fan, kind of the end of the Jacksonville run kind of was due in fact, you know, due in part to the Patriots. So I, you know, I enjoyed Saxonville and all everything they did, but I was, it was kind of interesting. It made it more interesting to me having the, you know, the Patriots aspect of yeah. that whole story as well. And I, I figured you'd like episode three, that AFC championship. I figured you'd yeah, enjoy that. I did. I mean, <laughs> like if they weren't playing the Patriots, I would have been rooting for them a hundred percent, but you know, I got to stick with my boys, even if they're playing someone like that, it would have been kind of hilarious to see Jacksonville and the Eagles or, in the Super Bowl, or if they would have yeah. went the other way, the NFC Championship, be Jacksonville and Minnesota or something, you know, would kind of been funny just for the memes to see teams like that in it. But that was a wild time in the NFL. Uh, it was, it was. I know you've probably seen it on like Facebook or Twitter before too. Like the old, uh, I don't know if the NFL tweeted it or whatever, but it was a picture of like the four quarterbacks going into conference championship Sunday. And it's like Tom Brady's who, you know, normally there, but then you have case Keenum, you have Nick Foles and you got Blake Bortles. So just quite a combo <laughs> of quarterback that you wouldn't, wouldn't really guess, but yeah, for an interesting playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I hope that all of you guys out there who listened to that, enjoyed that little series we did, Justin and I moving forward, maybe want to make that more of a regular thing uh, in the summers when there's really a not, a lot going on in sports. I say that, but as I say that, I'm about to do a real quick recap here of everything that happened in the sports world while we were away. Uh, there was quite a bit in the NFL. I don't think Justin and I even talked about it at the time. Uh, Baker Mayfield is a Panther now. He's playing the Browns week one in the revenge game of revenge games. Uh, what do you think of that one? I'm, I'm happy that Baker got another chance. I mean, we've talked about it before. I think the way Baker got treated in Cleveland at the end there wasn't right, but uh, so I'm number one, just happy to see him on a new team where he has a pretty good chance. I won't say for sure if he will be the starter week one, I really hope he is, but just like for that factor of playing the Browns in week one, I think would make for a great game and great, you know, great television and entertainment in general. Um, oh. No doubt. Uh, listen, people, if Baker's the starter, which would be a crime if he's not week one at least, but if he's the starter and you have him on your fantasy team, play him that first week. That's all I'm going to say. Play him that first week. Um, so Even yeah. if he's on the bench the rest of the year, just play him in week one. There you go. Uh, so Baker's a brown. 
Uh, the Browns are dealing with their own turmoil with Deshaun Watson. Shocker, this is blowing up in their face. Right now, as we record, Watson has a six-game suspension on him uh, as ordered by a judge. The NFL is appealing that, hoping to make it at least a year. Uh, I personally hope they do. It, the, the hypocrisy, again, is showing itself in the NFL and how they handle suspensions. I mean, Calvin Ridley is suspended for an entire season for gambling, which I know is the number one sin in all of sports. That's why Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame in baseball, but I'm not going to go down that road right now. <laughs> um, so we've got the mess going on in Cleveland. The Browns are going to brown, and they are browning all over the place right now. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> um, and then in baseball, uh, just – personal excitement the Mariners are holding strong they just beat the Yankees two out of three on the season they beat the Yankees four out of six uh thriller of a game on Tuesday night Kyle did you see that game where the Mariners won one nothing in 13 innings I didn't know the final score was one nothing I had seen that it went to uh, 13 um I knew yeah I knew it was a lot of excitement from seeing stuff on Twitter did not, yeah, did not know it was only one run was scored the uh, whole yep. game. Whole game. Uh, we scored the run in the bottom of the 13th. Defense was flashing leather all over the place. It was an electric of a crowd as I've ever heard at Safeco Field for a regular season game. I hope it's like that when they're, when we're there in about a month to watch Mariners play the Padres. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we got to get those tickets soon. Yes, we do. No, I was, that would be pretty exciting to, uh, you know, to be in an atmosphere like that, which I know when we first started planning this trip, you know, the Mariners weren't doing quite that great. And yeah. you know, it was kind of a whatever matchup, you know, and, but now, you know, with the Mariners staying hot, like you said, just beating the Yankees quite a bit, um, which would be playing the Padres. If I'm not, if I'm not yep. incorrect there, be playing the Padres who just got, uh, which you maybe going to talk about, got Juan, Juan Soto from Washington. Yes, I think sir. that adds some excitement too to the game. So yeah, yeah. like you said, a lot has changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Juan Soto's a Padre now. He got offered a mega, mega deal by the Nationals. He turned it down because he didn't want to play in D.C. anymore. The Nationals just having a horrible year. Uh, Soto is now in San Diego. The Padres, I've said it before, they only amped it up now. Uh, all these big-name guys on their roster, all this money they're throwing at these guys, if they don't win, uh, if they don't win three World Series in the next decade, uh, that team – this is going to go down as one of the biggest failures, at least uh, front office wise in baseball, I think. Yeah, I would say that's when you look at how much they've invested in this, which I do respect them for, uh, you know, going out, spending the money off like 10 years ago, they, you know, San Diego was never really seemed like that big of a name in the baseball game, you know, for making two bigger runs in the playoffs, especially, but, you know, I respect them and give them credit for spending some money, making these trades, you know, doing all this, but like you said, if they don't, you know, get something out of this, they, uh, yeah, it's going to look really, really bad. A big, uh, asterisk mark on their franchise. Yeah. It's going to be mm -hmm. definitely, uh, not something they're going to look back on fondly. So baseball just kind of, if we want a real quick recap where things are at right now, um, Yankees Mets, both New York teams are doing really good right now. I think they actually have the same record. Uh, no, the Yankees are 71 and 41. The Mets are 73 and 39. Both of those are going to be up there with the Dodgers for tops in the league for wins. Um, I, I don't ever want to see the Yankees in the world series, but if I do, I hope they're playing the Mets. I want another subway series like we got in 2000. That would be pretty cool. So 
that's kind of what's going on in baseball. Uh, football is ramping up. Kyle and I are going to spend tonight actually talking about college football because odds are Justin and I are going to be previewing the upcoming NFL season here within the next couple of weeks. So tonight, Kyle and I thought we would preview the upcoming college season um, and talk about who we think is going to be in the playoff in the, in the national championship, uh, talk about upsets we might see, and there's kind of the direction college football is heading right now. And that's other big news, I guess. It'll be good to transition us into this. Uh, what do you think of UCLA and USC jumping ship in the Pac-12 and heading over to the Big Ten? It's first thought is it's a move you would see in NCAA football, the video game, when you've been playing it for 10 years and you're getting bored of the conferences and you've already switched from Alabama to Wyoming to spice things up. And now you're switching conferences around and trying to just, that that don't really make sense logistically, but you know, I guess I don't know all the details why they're doing it. I assume just money and TV deals is the big, one of the big ones. I just, I don't like it. I admit, I guess I can understand why they're doing it, but it just doesn't really make sense to me, you know, location wise, you know, all these conferences are kind of, you know, supposed to be known for this part of the country. And now California teams are going to be playing Maryland and Pennsylvania and Iowa teams. And it just, I don't know. I don't like it. I guess money wise, it probably makes sense, but it's just not a, not a big fan in general, just from a fan perspective. Yeah, I agree with you. My gut reaction, and this was even more shocking than last year when Texas and Oklahoma left for the SEC because it's still kind of in the same region of the country. And, um, you know, you already have a Texas team in the SEC with A&M, but this one was like out of the blue. And they're like, I think we had talked about this once. There were rumors swirling kind of before it happened with Texas and Oklahoma last year. So it didn't really hit us out of the blue. Uh, This one was just... uh, bam, it happened. And kind of my gut reaction was the same as yours. Why? Like, I'm not a fan. I know why it's money and it's TV deals, like you said, but this is not good for the sport. I don't think because, um, all these, they used to be jokes and now they don't feel so much like jokes anymore of having two or three, you know, mega conferences, in the country and then everyone else getting left behind it kind of feels like that's where we're headed and it kind of feels like the sec and the big 10 are kind of in an arms race right now the pac-12 is almost dead in the water i mean if if there are rumors out there right now that oregon and washington could follow suit and join the big 10 and if that happens the pac-12 is as good as dead um the big 12 i don't know the acc They've got the numbers, but they don't really have the teams outside of Clemson and maybe North Carolina and Virginia Tech. But uh, I'm like you. I don't like it. I don't see anything good long-term coming of it for college football. Um, And it's not going to matter because Alabama is going to win the whole thing anyway every year. I mean, sad thing is that's pretty true, accurate. (laughs) You know, you about put that bet every other year at least. (laughs) Usually you're going to be right. (laughs) Yeah, and if they don't win it, they'll at least be – in the championship. Uh, oh yeah. Easily. If, so if history has taught us anything, but uh, yeah, that was kind of the, the big, the big news of the summer, I would say in the college world and uh, should be noted that USC and UCLA, they're still in the PAC 12 this year, but as early as 2024, um, they want to be out. They want to be into the big 10. So it's going to come pretty quick. 
Uh, travel's going to be wild in the Big Ten, man. Like you said, Maryland all the way to L.A. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a trip. But, I mean, you know, technology and – I mean, they had planes, you know, back then and everything. But, obviously, technology and transportation is a lot better now than it was 30, 40 years ago. But still, that's you know, that's a long time in a plane. And it'll be interesting to see how much, you know, that travel maybe hurts – you know, I guess it would hurt UCLA and USC, but then also these teams have to travel all the way across the country to go play them as well. So it'll be interesting if fatigue and travel fatigue like that starts becoming a factor, you know, and when they do officially join and start playing. Yeah, for sure. And not just fatigue, but like financially, like don't get me wrong, a team like USC and Michigan and Ohio state, like financially they're fine. They can travel anywhere and it's not going to put a dent in their athletics budget. Uh, Maybe not so much for a team like uh, Rutgers, <laughs> um, right? Yeah, <laughs> whose budget might not be quite as deep. So that that's the thing, and that's that's something that a lot of lower end quote unquote programs have to worry about is travel. That is why initially all these conferences are or should be kind of geographically close, is to cut down on travel. So geography doesn't matter anymore for the big boys. Uh, clearly uh, so yeah I don't know it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out right now like I said they're still in the Pac-12 for this season and probably next season but we'll see we'll see let's let's get into picks now though let's get into schedules and picks and who we think is going to be good and upsets and all that all the fun stuff uh, I'm just going to ask you point blank to start this thing who is in your playoff who's your top four all right well Number one, uh, my number one seed, uh, shocker. Uh, I got Alabama as my number one. Um, number two, and I'll go in, I can go into these reasoning a little bit later, but number two, kind of a team that had a down, you would call it a down year for them, but they still won 10 games. But I have Clemson, number two. Number three, I'm going to go uh, matching up with Clemson in that game. I have Ohio State, you know, so far the, like so far in my bracket, it's kind of the normal teams, kind of boring. So number four, I kind of debated going back and forth with another team, but kind of my hot take, speaking of one of these teams we just talked about, I have USC as my number four seed in making the playoff. Okay. So you and I are very similar in the teams we have in there. Um, maybe the seeds are a little different. So my top four, I've got Georgia at number one. I have, I feel like I have to right now with them being the defending national champs. Um, I have Alabama in there at two. I do not have Clemson in this year. Uh, I know it was a quote unquote down year for them last year. Uh, they did win 10 games. I still have them winning 10 games, but I have them with two losses and that probably won't be enough to get into the playoff. Uh, you would hope not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would hope not. Number three, I've got Ohio state. Uh, they're, I think, primed for a pretty good year. Ryan Day is one of my favorite coaches in college football right now, just in terms of an X's and O's standpoint. Like, he's one of the best, I think. And then at number four, I agree with you. I have USC in there. Uh, there's a lot of people high on USC this year. Uh, I, I want to hear why you think they're going to be in there, and then we'll kind of see how much it lines up with what the quote-unquote experts think. Okay. So for USC, I mean, you, I mean, obviously uh, Lincoln Riley being the coach there now going over from Oklahoma and just the amount of transfers that uh, 
followed him or switched schools because of him and went there. I think, honestly, I think they're just going to kind of be the uh, story of college football through the regular season. You know, kind of how everyone is always talking, you know, is Texas back? I think it's going to be, is USC back? And so I think it's kind of just a story thing, you know, new coach, LA, you know, the big bringing back of a program, you could say. I do think they lose at least one game during the year. They have a tough conference game at Utah. Um, end of the year, they got uh, their home, but against Notre Dame. So I guess maybe see them losing one of those games. But I think they win the Pac-12, and I think they sneak into that final uh, playoff spot there. Yeah, so I uh, I don't know. I'm looking at it right now, and I – I did a whole pick them thing before we got on the air tonight, picked every game. And then the computer generated where these teams came out. I'm just realizing now I pick USC to go 12 and 0. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I actually think that's going to happen though, because they do have such a tough schedule. Um, the PAC 12 schedule itself isn't necessarily tough outside of Utah, but they also have uh, Notre Dame on their schedule, big old rivalry game there. They are at home in that one, so maybe. I, I think I might switch over that Utah game and give them a loss also. I mean, 11-1 and one feels a little more accurate than 12-0 and 0 for them. But, right. Yeah, and the only thing then is uh, would the committee be high enough on them to sneak them into that four spot with some of these other teams? The other teams I have kind of around them competing for that four spot this year uh, come season's end are going to be like Oklahoma State, I'm really high on Texas A&M this year. Uh, Auburn, even they're all going to be right around there. I don't know how I feel about Michigan this year, just because last year Michigan kind of came out of the woodwork in terms of, you know, the success against Ohio state and reaching the playoff. They did all this stuff um, that they just never can seem to do. And then once they got to the playoff, Georgia just dismantled them. So I don't know right. how that's going to carry into this year, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that it's the hot take to have USC as the four seed. And I, I agree with you for the same reasons why Lincoln Riley moving over there this off season, maybe outside of the realignment stuff was the biggest news for college football and for USC. He's a, great coach he did great things with Oklahoma and I think all of those kids that transferred from OU to SC because of that it speaks to the kind of coach he is I know a lot of Oklahoma fans don't like him now they felt Mm -hmm. kind of betrayed they felt you know I guess is always the case when these sorts of things happen but USC is going to be a force to be reckoned with this year and I'm going to be honest I'm really glad Oregon does not have them on their schedule Oh, <laughs> I didn't even notice that, but yeah, that would be, you know, kind of as nice this year. They ended up not that way. And yeah, like USC and for that final seed, I switched around a little bit. I had, had Georgia in there. I had, uh, actually had Baylor kind of a, another hot take coming out of the big 12, you know, after they won the big 12 last year and maybe kind of being a, lesser popular less popular pick to make the playoffs but i kind of had them in there a little bit almost and i do like texas a&m like you said too i debated them in there as well so it's i don't know it's tough to decide that last one the other three i feel pretty good about you know like alabama i I can go through here and kind of decide but like alabama you know they 
had an off year again for them, which is losing, not winning the national championship, but they, you know, they're bringing back Bryce young as a quarterback. It just, it just seems kind of like a year that Alabama is going to win it. I mean, I don't like Alabama as much as the next person, but I just feel like they're probably the best team right now. Um, Clemson kind of, you know, I don't want to say it was a surprise pick, but the reason I picked them is looking at their schedule. They have a pretty easy non-conference schedule other than, you know, Notre Dame. That's probably their toughest non-conference game. Maybe their toughest game all year, but I kind of have them maybe not saying they're the number two team in the country, but I think just with the schedule wise, they have a pretty good chance to go undefeated. And I think undefeated Clemson's, you can't really keep them out of the playoff. Um, Ohio state, I think they maybe lose one game. Maybe they got a road game at uh, Michigan state or Penn state, you know, tough places to play on the road. Maybe they lose one game, but come back and, you know, it's early enough in the year. They can come back, make the conference title game and uh, probably would, would win the conference. Um, and then, yeah, they like go to USC. I think it's just enough hype around their program this year that they get in the playoff, win the Pac-12. I do think, like, in my matchup, I'm playing Alabama. I think Alabama beats them by 20 or 30 probably. Kind of be the end of their little Cinderella year, kind of welcome back to uh, relevancy, I guess you could say. <laughs> but uh, so I guess that's kind of the reasons I have those teams in there. So that's, I mean, that's all fair. And I can't disagree with any of that. I, uh, I totally agree with you with Ohio state. I'm looking at the schedule. I have them picked right now. I give them one loss on the year. I have them losing at Penn state, uh, kind of later in the season. I think that's an October game, but Penn state's a tough, so, yeah. that's probably Penn state's whiteout game too this year. I don't know, but like good luck to any team playing Penn state on whiteout night, um, in happy Valley. That's just seems awful as a visitor um yeah I would agree. so yeah so you don't have georgia in at all though that's kind I of surprising don't. to me let's i want to hear the reasoning for that one because this is your defending national champ yes no i, I wrote down some notes because i have some reasoning all right you know they bring it back stetson bennett you know their quarterback from last year but they lost you know you look at the guys i believe they had well, I was going to say two guys, defensive players drafted in the first round, but it might be four, even three or four, at least, but they lost a lot of their defense, you know, in the draft this year. And that's one reason why I do. And I do think um, looking at their record or looking at their schedule, um, they have an early game at South Carolina. It could be a tough game. Maybe they lose there early in the season. Um, they got their big rivalry game against Florida. I can see them losing one or two of those games. I do think they make the SEC championship. Again, I have them would be playing, uh, I guess it would be playing Alabama in the SEC championship. And with this, I would have them losing that game. And with one extra loss, or maybe it might be a two or three loss team after losing to them in the championship game or SEC championship game. I think that's just too many losses to put them into the, uh, into the playoff. If they could, you know, might, if they go into that game, say they do play Alabama in the championship game, SEC championship game, and they beat them, I think that's one of those things where Georgia and Alabama both make it again. But I think this year Alabama is going to have a little bit of revenge on them. And uh, not quite as, you know, not national championship year for Georgia this year. Okay. Uh, as far, see, I'm looking at their schedule, and maybe this is a little too optimistic of me. I have them running – 
the table going 12 and 0 in the regular season. And I, I waffled on the big rivalry game with Florida. And the reason I picked Georgia ultimately is because they're at home in that one. Um, anything can happen in that game, of course. So I wouldn't be surprised if they lost that. Yeah. The South Carolina game could be tough. I would like to be the eternal optimist here and think that maybe my ducks could give them a challenge in that first week, but my gut that tells true, me yeah. that my gut tells me that Georgia's going to kind of, railroad Oregon in that uh, kickoff game. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, yeah. And then outside of that, like, I don't, the Auburn game could be tough, but, and, and maybe like realistically speaking, yes, they're going to lose one game on that slate. I don't see them losing two. Um, And if they did lose one, then you're right in the sec championship, they would almost have to win to get in unless a lot of other weird stuff happened that final Mm -hmm. championship week also. Uh, but right. And maybe I'm just riding the defending champs train too much right now, but I do have them 12 and 0 is my one seed. I don't know if I have them winning the whole thing. I kind of am like you, I get this nagging feeling that this is Alabama's year again, uh, to, to come back and win another one with old Saban, but, uh, maybe I'm wrong. And then going back to what you said earlier, I, uh, agree with you that I'm, I'm pretty high on Baylor this year too. Um, Baylor had a really good year last year, won the big 12. I have Baylor going 10 and two. And I have those two losses being to another team that I'm high on Oklahoma state. They always Oklahoma state's like always like right there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then they do something just dumb in the final two weeks to cost themselves a chance. Uh, So I have them losing to OSU at home. And then I, in this, I might get some flack for this one, but I, I just feel like Baylor's going to drop a dumb one that they shouldn't drop. And I have that one being TCU second to last week. Oh yeah. That'd be, that'd be a fair one. No, I had uh Baylor. Yeah. I had like talking about like even they're at uh, Oklahoma and Texas, which Texas I still don't think they're quite back as they say. No. And one thing about Oklahoma too, like I think you maybe talked about them a little bit earlier. Like I thought about putting them in the playoff, but I think having the new head coach, um, I think they'll definitely contend in the big 12 this year, but I just think having a new head coach and I do think he's a very good head coach, Brett Venables coming over from Clemson. But I think, you know, they have two, maybe three losses, you know, maybe they make the big 12 championship game, but not quite. I don't think they'd be quite good enough to uh, make the playoff this year. I'm right there with you. I have Oklahoma this year with three losses. Uh, I, I, okay. You're here though. Do you have them winning or losing the red river showdown with Texas? Ooh. Um, Cause it's, it's in Oklahoma supposedly, unless that's a neutral site thing they do in the cotton bowl still. I think it's still a neutral site. As far as I know, you know, I, well, that's a tough one. I never thought about that. I might, I might give it to Texas this year, honestly, just I did having a new head coach there in Oklahoma. First time, not that he hasn't played in big games. I mean, he's won national championships and stuff, but it's the first time being in that rivalry. I might give it to Texas. I gave it to Texas just because of how Texas lost last year. Uh, they had that big lead and then blew it. Oh, that's right. They so did. <laughs> I, I kind of get the feeling that the Longhorns are going to get them this year. I agree with you. Sorry, people. Texas is not back yet. Not quite. Uh, get closer. Know. Yeah, maybe, maybe you never know with Texas. They're one of the oddly most divisive 
college football programs in the country. And I don't know why, like, I don't know, I guess Texas fans have just kind of made themselves enemies to everybody else. (laughs) Cause you've got the whole horns down thing now. And I don't know, it's weird to me, but I do have Texas beating Oklahoma this year. I do have Oklahoma with three losses and not making it in. If they still had Lincoln Riley and most, if not all of those transfers that they lost, uh, maybe it's a different story, but yeah, I just don't see it happening for the Sooners this year. Uh, right. so, so last year, obviously, we got some excitement. We got some, uh, you know, finally got a G5 team into the playoff with Cincinnati. Of course, Cincinnati lost to Alabama in that in that semifinal game. They held their own for a while, but all you know, Alabama did what they were supposed to do, and they ended up winning by about what seventeen or twenty points or something like that. So my question to you is. Uh, do you think that Cincinnati losing that game has ruined any shot of another G5 team getting in under the current four-team format? I think it definitely hurts it for sure. Um, I mean, a lot of it will depend on the year and if there's, like, say, a bunch of two-loss Power 5 conference schools and maybe an undefeated whatever, you know, insert team here that is sitting there. Um, I think maybe they might throw them. I don't know. It's I'm sure it hurt it some, but you look at like a lot of the history of the semifinal games, like the large majority of them are have been blowouts or, you know, double digit uh, differences in those games. So it really wasn't too shocking that they got blown out. I think everyone kind of expected it to happen, but I mean, it, it would be nice. I like seeing, you know, kind of the no-name guys in there, you know, someone other than Alabama, southern, other than Ohio State or whatever making it. But I think – I don't think – I would be surprised if it happens this year, and it might have to be a few years, and it might be a team that maybe went undefeated or won loss the year before, maybe won, uh, you know, the Peach Bowl or one of those other bowl games the year before, and then maybe undefeated the next year, then maybe they might yeah. throw them in. I think it's going to take a lot of work. And that was kind of the case with the Bearcats. Like, they went to the – I think it was the Peach Bowl last year, or two years ago it would have been now. They played Georgia, and they played them well. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they lost a close one. And then so I think that paired with their incredible season last fall was enough clout, I guess, to get them in. I like that you bring up the fact that, a lot of the semifinal games that we've seen up to this point have been blowouts actually a lot worse than what Cincinnati suffered against Alabama since he lost that game six to 27. So they lost by three touchdowns. Uh, the other semifinal last year, Georgia beat Michigan 34 to 11. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I get the sad feeling that this may have almost ruined it for other G five teams, maybe not entirely, but it really shouldn't have because uh, Cincinnati actually played a more competitive game against Alabama than Michigan Mm -hmm. did. So I hope not. And the reason I ask is because as I look at my picks this year, I have our old friends, the UCF Knights, uh, the quote unquote national champs from 2017. (laughs) They went undefeated that year. I have central Florida going undefeated again this year. And I, I, I kind of agree with you just one year off of Cincinnati getting uh, beat by Alabama. I don't think the Knights would get in at 12 and 0. 
I would maybe make the argument that they should. I'm always a proponent of the little guys getting a chance, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do not see the only game I could see UCF possibly losing on their schedule. I mean, I guess any of them are possible, but likely losing on their schedule is the game against Cincinnati, but they're at home for that in the bounce house. So I, I have the Knights going 12 and 0. I would love to see them in the college football playoff. I don't think it happens if, even if they go undefeated. However, can you imagine the uproar if Knights fans have to go through this again? <laughs> that would be, I would kind of feel bad for him if they did, honestly. Yeah. So what I, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this question now. What G5 team uh, would you say has the best chance this year? Because we've had some good ones as of late coastal Carolina and Appalachian state have been really good uh, recently. I think they're both poised to be pretty good again, Boise state. You can never count out over there in the mountain West UCF, but do you have a team kind of in that, uh level i guess that you could see maybe breaking through yeah you know going through some of these conferences like uh conference usa and the mac like i feel like if one of these schools does i mean maybe boise state you know out of the mountain west would have a chance but i would maybe almost say it has to come out of the uh aac i would you know if cincinnati they lost a lot of guys I think they'll probably still be pretty good. I would maybe say Houston might be, if I had to take a wild guess, maybe. Houston's um, always good. Yeah. Like looking at their schedule, um, actually they avoid uh, Cincinnati and UCF, your boys you were just talking about. Yeah. So that would, you know, it's conference-wise, you know, regular season-wise to avoid them would help a lot. That Texas Tech game is going to be tough, though. Yeah, that is true. On um, the road. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe they'd be my best guess to uh, be the uh, group of five team to make the uh, New Year's Six Bowl game. But, yeah, I don't know if they could – I don't know if it's in the cards this year for it to happen, but I guess I'll throw them as my guess. Okay, I like it. I act, I have Houston having a pretty good year. I have them going nine and three. Uh, I have them losing that Texas Tech game. It might sound kind of weird, but I have them losing week one also to UTSA. Uh, the oh, Roadrunners had a great year last year. Uh, that is right. Yeah. Kind of like out of the blue. Like they were just – and no one really seemed to talk about it a lot. And then I feel like all these teams that are supposed to be really good, and they still are good, but they, they all are going to have that one game that's like that either is a scare or they just – drop the ball and I this might be a hot take but I have Houston losing in week 12 to ECU uh the Pirates are always like a sneaky and I only know a lot about this conference because I used to cover Tulane as you know so I know a lot about the American or at least I think at least I think I do Um, I mean way more than me (laughs) and ECU is always one of those teams that just like hangs around and hangs around and hangs around so I could see Houston dropping that one on the road, especially late in the year. They might be banged up. Uh, so, but I mean, I would love to see any team that's a G5 team get a shot here at the end of the season. Um, like I said, I think Coastal Carolina is going to have a really good year again this year. I think App State's going to be really good again this year um, over there in the Sun Belt. But 
I don't, I agree with you. I don't think it happens this year that one of these teams gets in. Um, now the other one that's not group of five, but always kind of interesting to talk about with the playoff also Notre Dame. Um, they're always good for, you know, a nine, 10 win season. That's not going to be enough to get in the playoff, but if they run the table, uh, do you think Notre Dame gets in? I was, I kind of had them as a, I guess I don't know if you, I call them a sleeper pick, I guess, to make the playoff this year. Um, like looking at their schedule, it's tough because they have Ohio State week one in Columbus. But the one thing about that game is if they lose it, which I would say Ohio State probably is the favorite if you had to guess. Well, now wait a minute, because I think that game might be the one they're playing in Ireland. Um, Remember they're doing the Ireland thing this year? That's right. Let me look at their actual schedule here um yeah, i think that one's being played in like uh dublin it says ohio or it says in columbus on the North oh Dame does State. it okay maybe i'm making but that there up. is one over there in yeah i can't remember who it actually is now yeah i'm gonna have, i'm gonna look that up but anyway keep, keep okay. going on, on i'll what go through this yeah go through the schedule here a little bit and you know ohio state wherever they're playing that's a tough one but i think even if they lose that game um, you know, they could finish, we went out and probably have a pretty good chance of making the playoff. You know, you have Stanford, but that one's at home. Um, Clemson, you know, one of my teams that have making the playoffs, I think if they win that game and barring any other losses, I think you definitely got to throw them in the playoff then. And which that Clemson game is that, you know, is that Notre Dame? Um, and then USC at the end. So they, they do have some tougher games, but if they can show up and win all those games, even with a loss to Ohio State at the beginning, I would say that's they have a pretty decent chance of making the playoffs. Assuming they don't lose any games to say Navy or Boston College or UNLV, you know, games like that that they obviously shouldn't. Yeah. Um, I so I looked it up, I was wrong. The Notre Dame game in Ireland is next year. It kicks off the 2023 season. They're playing Navy over there next year. So no, you're right. It is in Columbus okay. with Ohio State. <laughs> That's going to be tough. Um, and I, I do have Ohio State winning that game. Notre Dame, I kind of get the same worry I get with the G5 teams, what Notre Dame may have done for the independence, uh, because they've been in the college football playoff twice, and both times they have not showed up. Uh, Clemson mm -hmm. beat the hell out of them the first time they were in there, and then Alabama did a couple of years ago. So I guess this all kind of comes down to what, the committee looks at as far as that sort of history when it comes to this. Uh, I, I would hope that they would only focus on what's happening in the here and now, but I don't see that being the case. Uh, Notre Dame, I have going what nine and three this year, nine and two, however many games, I think I only have them losing two games. Uh, I have them okay. losing to Ohio state. And then I have them losing to SC at the end of the year because those are both road games, but yeah, I don't, I think if Notre Dame runs the table, you have to let them in, especially if there's, if they're competing with a bunch of other one loss teams, but don't kid yourself. If it comes down to that last spot for an undefeated Notre Dame team and a one loss Alabama team, uh, bet your bottom dollar Alabama's getting in every time. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree. So, it would be just kind of a fun little other detail. If, uh, if Notre Dame were to make the playoff and say they really run the table and actually win the title, it would be kind of funny to see uh, 
you know, the new coach, Marcus Freeman, going hypothetically win in his first year after uh, Brian Kelly had left. And it would be yeah. kind of funny just for that aspect to see him, uh, to see them win it after their coach left last year. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, speaking of Brian Kelly down there in LSU now, what do you think the LSU Tigers are going to be like this year? They really, after winning that national championship with Joe Burrow a couple of years ago, I don't want to say fell off, but they had a much quieter year last season. Um, I personally don't have them obviously in the playoff. I don't have them making a ton of noise again this year. I mean, they're going to win, you know, enough games to be a bowl team, but it's going to, even a guy like Brian Kelly, it's going to take him a year or two to get, to get things going the way he wants them to down there. Yeah, I would agree. I think they, I think they have a winning record. Maybe they win eight or nine games, but I mean, you have Florida state. I would almost say that's me. Well, I guess I'm not sure what Florida state's like this year, but decent chance for a loss there. Um, look at some of the other games at Florida. That's a tough game. Um, obviously Alabama, even though it's in LSU this year, I think Alabama is yeah, a whole nother level. We've talked about them enough already. Um, and then that last game of the year at Texas A&M, you know, obviously we all know how tough a crowd that is at Kyle field there. You know, I think maybe they lose probably four games. They make a bowl game, play some no name or who knows, you know, some game that isn't that exciting, but I would, you know, I don't like Brian Kelly. He's not my favorite coach in the country, but I wouldn't be surprised if in a year, two or three years, he has them kind of back to contending, maybe fighting for a playoff spot. Um, having a little bit i wouldn't say they go all the way win a national championship like they did with joe burrow because that team was stacked that year yeah but i would say give them a couple years and they might be kind of a little more relevant and fighting for a playoff spot yeah that team was the Bengals before they became the Bengals, uh, essentially yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean brian kelly's not my favorite coach either i'm not a fan of the way he left notre dame uh, also, you and I both just big Coach O fans. We love Coach O. Go Tigers. Yes, uh, for sure. <laughs> but so my question to you, staying in the SEC, bringing it back to Alabama, because everything comes back to Alabama. Do you have them going undefeated this year? And if not, who is their loss? Because it seems like one team always seems to get Alabama or at least put them on the ropes a little bit. I have them going 11-1, but I don't – I'll spoil my – upset pick here after you go okay yeah looking at their schedule i originally did have them i think yeah i had them as undefeated going through their schedule again now um you know texas a&m if it's in alabama though maybe if that one was on the road i could maybe see him losing that i don't think bama's letting a&m beat him again <laughs> yeah especially after, after last football year back in the day. <laughs> yeah well after last year even uh, oh, that's, oh, that's right, too, is the field yeah, goal at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would honestly say I have them going undefeated. It would be kind of funny on the second week of the year, September 10th, they go to Texas. <laughs> it would be kind of hilarious if Texas were to beat them, and I just imagine all the talk on oh, the internet and Twitter goodness. and Texas being back. That would Twitter be kind of hilarious. and Facebook and social media would implode if Texas beat Alabama in that yes, second would. week. I would love to see it, man. I mean, I'm sick of seeing Alabama in there. So I pretty much root for anyone that plays them, maybe except Baylor. I really don't like Baylor. But uh, my one loss for Alabama this year, and it's a home game even, is uh, I have old Mikey Leach and the boys coming in with Mississippi State. 
and getting uh-huh. it done. Uh, I don't know why. I uh, I just I feel like the Bulldogs could do it. They are a, they're they're kind of a force to be reckoned with that no one really seems to talk about a lot. So uh, let, let's save this clip and then I'll play it back when Alabama beats them like forty to seven that week yeah. <laughs> and we can see how wrong I was. Uh, and the other thing to remember about that AM game with Alabama is there was some bad blood that kind of boiled over this off season with those two teams when, well, that's right. you know, uh, A&M had some things to say about the way Nick Saban does his recruiting and yeah, it, it got a little ugly. So that game is going to be one to circle, I think, especially after the way last year went down there in Texas, but I think Alabama does not let that happen again. There's no way Nick Saban's going to let his guys lose two in a row to the same team. Um, he's kind of like Belichick in that regard, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it sounds like you and me kind of have for the most part at the top, the same players going to be competing for it again. Um, hopefully quite frankly, we're wrong and we see some fresh blood in the thing this year. I don't, I think a lot has to happen for that to come to fruition, but uh, let's end it by talking about uh, something that we're both fans of the FCS, just because we went to an FCS school. What is your most likely FCS over FBS upset this year? Like a little guy coming in and uh, putting the shocker on the big guy. Right. That's a tough question. Um, I have to let me look up all the games here real quick. So I'll give mine um, first while you do that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And it, it's one that if I were really a betting man, um, I would actually even put some money down on. I think I have a feeling I know who you're gonna pick as soon as you said that. We go on. Yeah, I have North Dakota State coming in and beating Arizona in that second or third week or whatever it is. Uh Arizona is not good. This team lost to Northern Arizona last year, who was another FCS school that was not nearly as good as North Dakota State. Obviously, the Bison perennial, uh, they're the Alabama of the FCS level, if not worse, quite frankly. Um, Mm -hmm. They're an excellent team. They have a history of winning these sorts of games. Remember in 2016, I believe it was, when Carson Wentz was still on the team, they went to Iowa, who was ranked 13th at the time, and beat the Hawkeyes on the road. Um, so do not be at all shocked. I shouldn't even call it an upset. It will be, I guess, on paper. But if North Dakota State goes into Arizona and beats the Wildcats to start the season because this Wildcats team is not good and this Bison team is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a pretty fair, safe bet on that one, I would say. Um Looking a little bit more, kind of a team that has made some upsets too. Uh, be a week, I think technically week one. Um, South Dakota State's playing Iowa. You know, South Dakota State has had some luck beating the bigger schools. Um, I would love to see our alma mater, Montana State, beating Oregon State in uh, week three. I'm sure you wouldn't mind uh, seeing. I'd love it for several reasons. <laughs> yeah. And one more. Let me check one more schedule here to uh, see if they are playing a uh, FCS school this year, which I believe they are. You might correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but another easy, I guess, quote unquote, easy choice. I, I went and looked up whatever school was playing Kansas and Tennessee tech is playing them week one. 
I assuming they're an FCS school. So I'll say add them to the list as well. Really? So, I mean, yeah, Tennessee tech is FCS. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be Kansas though. Kansas had a pretty okay year last year. Uh, they beat Texas. Remember? That is true. Yes. They aren't so quite as bad I, as they've been in the past. I had to, when I was picking games this year, I had to be very um, nice to Kansas because I had to remember that I'm, that we're not talking about Kansas of the last 20 years. We're talking about Kansas, at least the way I was looking at it of recently and recently they've been better uh, back in the day. Yeah. It was probably a safe bet to pick Kansas to get upset by an FCS school. I don't know if Tennessee Tech's going to be the one to do it, uh, it would be yeah. hilarious if they were, I guess. But, um, and then, you know, you have all these SEC schools playing an FCS team um, in November, which I've been a big uh, opponent of since I found out that happens. I mean, it's just ridiculous that your second to last week or your third to last week that you're playing a FCS school. Like Alabama, for instance, is playing Austin P. Um, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sound mean when I say this, but Austin P uh, is lamb to the slaughter in that game, and Alabama just gets a pretty much bye week, and that's just Ooh. lame. Um, lame. So I don't know. I, I would say North Dakota State over Arizona, but uh, I, I am a fan of pretty much any times it happens. Last year we had a few big ones. Uh, as much as I have to begrudgingly say this, uh, Montana beating Washington, a ranked Washington team to start the season was probably the biggest. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're going to see any ranked teams go down like that this year, but maybe. Yeah, I would be surprised too. Um, One more I'll add, kind of keeping it in the Big Sky Conference, uh, looking at this list again. Week four, Sacramento State is playing Colorado State. I could maybe see Sacramento State maybe pull an upset there. I think I, I think I actually picked Colorado State to lose that game. Sac State's a pretty good team. Uh, yeah. Colorado State is not. I was mean to CSU this year when I was picking games. I was, no. <laughs> I was mean. And then, uh, and then of course, I mean, if nothing else fails this season, we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know one thing: action is going to be fun. It always is. Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday nights. Tune in if you want to see teams like Bowling Green and Ohio or Ball State. And Central Michigan go at it because Maction's where it's at. Uh, and when picking Maction games, all I did was pick the home teams in pretty much every game. I don't know a thing about that conference other than it is just pure chaos every year. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean that's the college football is coming up. It's a few weeks away. I'm I couldn't be more excited for it. I know you're excited for it too. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what it brings, who's going to pull upsets, who's going to be the, the mainstays like they always are. Um, I, I guess before we end this, let's just give a brief little, I don't even know if we'd call it a preview, but where we think our teams, quote unquote, are this year in the college football season, me, Oregon, and you, Syracuse, right? That is correct, technically, I guess. I mean, How do you feel about for, the orange? <laughs> you know, I couldn't tell you much about the football team. Um, you know, they had that big upset a few years ago against Clemson. Maybe they can pull another game like that, kind of add a little highlight and chaos to the college football uh, old playoff or just system in general. But I, you know, wouldn't be expecting too much out of them probably. Fair enough. Uh, and then there's my Ducks, Oregon. Uh, love them to death. But if there's one thing Oregon's good at, it's finding new and unique ways to – lose a game and 
that they shouldn't and not be uh, eligible for the college football playoff. Uh, this year, I see Oregon going eight and four. Uh, I think they're going to lose to Georgia that first week. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to watch that game with as much optimism and hope as I can, but I think I know what's going to happen. And then Stanford always gets us no matter where we are or what juncture of the season it is. Stanford is always our Achilles heel. So I have us losing to Stanford. I have us also dropping one to UCLA because that's just what this team does. Uh, <laughs> they lose a home game. They shouldn't. And then I have Utah coming in and just molly whopping us again because that's what happened twice last year in the regular season and then in the Pac-12 championship. So I have Oregon losing four games. Uh, it's pretty realistic, I think. Uh, Dan Lanning, new head coach, coming over from Georgia as their defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm excited about him. I'm excited about what the defense in Oregon is going to look like now because for years, you know, in the Chip Kelly days, everyone only talked about Oregon's offense and how high powered they were. But now it feels like things might be flipping and Oregon could maybe be a defensive school question mark. <laughs> um, so I'm excited about coach Lanning, but his first season, I don't see them making a run at the playoff realistically. That's kind of where I'm at with my boys. Yeah, that's pretty fair. And you would know that team pretty well. And, you know, I'd maybe, I don't know if you call it a dark horse, but I would say they could compete for the Pac-12 championship. I don't know if they'd be quite, I think, yeah, like you said, they get a couple losses for sure. You know, maybe can sneak in and win the Pac-12 conference, but I don't think they'd be, be tough to get into playoff at that point. It all is kind of going to depend on what Utah looks like this year. I mean, Utah is, I would say, probably the biggest obstacle in the way right now. They certainly were a year ago. Um, and until Oregon can prove that they can beat that Utah team, I just can't pick them in that game. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we sit over there in the, in the land of the ducks. So, um, well, I think that's about all the time we have for this though. I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, the expansion buddies are back. At least half of us, Justin will be back soon. Like I said, he's down in Texas right now. I wonder if he's trying to figure out if Texas is back. <laughs> he's actually, that's why we sent him down there. To, yeah, uh, we sent him research. As, a, as a correspondent. Yeah. Yeah. He's down he will there. report back next well, week and say if they're back. As far as I know, he's in Austin right now. So, oh, well, um, he's right in the main grounds. <laughs> right down there in the burnt orange territory. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have Justin back next week. But, Kyle, thanks so much for joining me as uh, we kind of revamped the expansion buddies here after some time off to talk about some college football. It's always fun having you on. Yeah, appreciate you as having me on as always. And, yeah, no, it was good to sit down and talk about some of these teams and see kind of – see our predictions and we'll see how uh, well they go by the end of the year, how far off they are. That's what, that's what we'll see. Um, Most likely, yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. And thank you guys all for listening, for sticking with us through our time off. Hopefully, like I said, you enjoyed that off season series. We did. We're hoping to do more of those in the future. Um, but thanks for tuning in and listening to us wherever you listen from, whether it be iTunes, Google podcasts, uh, Spotify, the can on a string, wherever else you find us. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening and for tuning in. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at the expansion BU one. That's the number one, same handle for both. Um, and until next week, I've been Jared. That's been Kyle and never forget. Party like it's 1960. Ooh, or 76 party, like whatever decade you want it to be. <laughs>